Welcome to the No Toes Down podcast at Big Cat Country and SB Nation. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at No Toes Down and write us at notoesdown at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe and rate us. All right, it might be a sad episode, but at least it's a different one today. Nicole's away in Vancouver, and I'm in Venice, Florida, close to Jacksonville, but not close enough to be there, with my mom, and she's going to be guest hosting today. We just got out of the Siesta Key waters, and after purifying our mind, body, and souls, we're ready to talk Jags. But before we talk Jags, let's get to know our guest hosts. Mom, tell us about yourself and your allegiance to football and now the Jags. Well, you know I'm a really big football fan. Huge. There were three different uh, teams that we rooted for in our household. Mm-hmm. One was the Cowboys. Big deal. <laughs> One was the Carolina Panthers. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And the other was the Jaguars. And I was always really intrigued oh, by always. the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. And I think... What I like most about the Jaguars is the fans. They're authentic. Yeah? Yeah. Going and I want to go to a tailgate party and experience yeah? the Jaguars fans. Yeah, let's make that happen. Well, how about December 1st? Yes. They're playing so. against Tampa Bay, but in Jacksonville. So we'll make the drive and we'll do it. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, so Nicole's going to come. You're going to come. You're going to yeah. finally get to meet the... One and only Eddie Smith. Yeah. And we'll tailgate in <laughs> Lot K. or Yeah, Lot K. And it's going to be a good time. Well, you watched the game. Was it your first? No, I watched the game, Trevor. Tell the truth. <laughs> Who didn't watch the end of the game? Like? There's two of us here. Mm-hmm. I guess... It, I, okay, fine. I'll admit it. The last three minutes, I wanted to turn it off and you didn't let me. But the game was over. Quitter. <laughs> I've been with this team for a long time. Disappointment. Big life disappointment. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well, before we get into the game, any things that stuck out to you being, you know, watching your first full Jaguars game? Full? Hmm. Well, that boy, Carlos Hyde. Former Jag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he Didn't do? Didn't like... I, I bet he didn't listen to what his mom told him because he, he was out there. He was arrogant. He was celebrating yeah. before he got the touchdown. And I just thought, serves him right for not listening to his mom, who probably yes. told him, don't be arrogant. Don't go counting your chickens before they're hatched. Got to run through the tape. And, and, and listen to your mom. So if he had been listening to his mom, he wouldn't have done that any was... of that garbage. For the from the Jag standpoint, that was probably the most memorable part of the game because the <laughs> game went terribly. That was kind of good to see. I'm sure Jags fans, because you know Carlos Hyde didn't do much here and left a sour taste. They were probably happy about that. But when that's the best thing you can say about the game, that's not good. There's not much to say. They got wiped off the field. Not many good moments. And I think the turning point happened when the Jaguars in the second half started with the ball. They were driving down the field, only down six, I think. So they were still in the game. And Minshew threw a great ball to DJ Chark, and he caught it like at the five-yard line or so. 
and they called offensive pass interference. It was a bogus call. The announcers didn't like it. And then a couple plays later, they had to line up for a field goal because they didn't get the first down, and they botched a snap, and after that, the game kind of ended, and, you know, they were just trying trying to... It, it was kind of desperation from there, and they didn't have much of a chance. Um, Deshaun Watson made the team look silly. I don't know how he did what he did, and like we... Like you said, Carlos Hyde. Uh, That that call you're talking about was so unfair. Which one? What you just said. Oh, the pass interference? Or are you talking about the one where they said Calais Campbell hit the quarterback with his helmet, but he hit it with with his arm? I remember that one, too. No, but I'm saying that... That that one was probably the worst call of the year when you said unnecessary roughing when you tackle the guy with your arm. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's what you're supposed to do. So that was terrible, but that didn't... You know, make or break the game. The game was in a rough spot at that point. But mm-hmm. so overall, you're gonna want to watch another game because that wasn't a good one to to start with. Well, I want to go to London, England next year. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't like about the London, England is that the Jags were considered to be the home team, and there was all this chatter that they had like a home team advantage. Yeah. Don't agree. That's like a myth. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, the Jags are always going to have one home game in London, and it's kind of a disadvantage, I think. And just because the Jags have won a couple over the last few years, people were like, oh, yeah, they know London. But you made the point. There's probably a lot of players that have never played in London, so they don't know it either. I bet Minshew has never even been to London before. I'm pretty sure Minshew said he's never flown international, so I think this might have been his first time outside of the country. So... There's probably a few guys like that. But kudos to Shad Khan mm-hmm. for organizing that. Yeah. I think as an owner, he's so progressive. Yeah. I'm very impressed. I read a couple articles on him and just his business acumen and his uh, marketing strategies mm-hmm. seem so progressive. Yeah, they are. Um, if you read his story, which you impressive. did, he's... Really built himself from scratch, and he has quite a good story, a true underdog story. Kind of fits in with Jags. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a break, and you'll hear from our sponsors when we get back. We'll hear from Doug Marone. We'll go around the AFC South. We'll have our our edition of What Would Blake Do? And talk about the Nick Foles move at quarterback. All right, we're back, and let's get into what did they really mean. There's not much to analyze this week. Not many guys spoke post-game. Only The only real media we have and audio sound bites are from Doug Marone. So with that, Doug Marone was asked you know, about the lack of sacks and you know, how Deshaun Watson was able to escape. Um, and he gave his two cents on, you know, it's not necessarily the team. It's more about the brilliance of the guy on the other side. I think the guy we were playing against, the quarterback, rather than looking at it as, hey, listen, we missed something, I look at it as that guy's just unbelievable. I mean, he, his fluidity, I don't know if that's even the right word, of, of when he gets hit or when he gets grabbed and he can move and escape, um, I don't, I don't, I've seen him do it against everyone. So, um, Doug Marone's a pretty polite guy. What are your thoughts on what he said? I was just going to say that I like that he's polite. It makes me proud that you're 
a Jags fan, Trevor. <laughs> Good. And aside from being um, polite, I thought he was insightful, mm-hmm. considerate, mm-hmm. and I like the spin he put on it. Which was rather what? well, instead of throwing his team under the bus. He just put that different spin. The other guy's good. And, and, and it's good to compliment the other team as well when it's deserved. I, I like him. He's articulate. Yeah, it was definitely deserved. Deshaun Watson really took the game over and won it for the Texans. I wonder if Doug Marone's also thinking, man, we could have drafted him. He should be on our team. Then we would be in this position. Yeah. Obviously, he wouldn't say that, but... You know, you never know if Deshaun Watson was on the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars' fortunes would be a little different on a game-to-game and year-to-year basis. But Is can't change the past. No, I don't think he had. A, I don't no. think he had a message. Oh, okay. But I'm sure he wishes that this guy was on his team because not only would the team be better, his job would probably be safer. All that good stuff, right? But no, all in all, very considerate. Didn't throw his own team under the bus. Praise the other guy. I think that's the right way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all we have for what did they really mean because there's nothing else to talk about. There's no other quotes to analyze. So let's go through the AFC South quickly. You know, the Jags lost to the Texans, and that really puts them behind the eight ball for the division. They really, it's unlikely they catch the, te- the Texans, even if they go 7 and 0 down the stretch. They're probably not going to catch them. They're down a bunch of games. They don't have the tiebreaker. But not all is lost. The Colts and Titans lost. And the Colts are now the last wild card spot. And the Jags are only a game and a half behind them. And the Jags still play them twice. So, you know, they really still, in a way, hold their own destiny in their own hands. They have to play well. But the AFC South wild card is up for grabs. And if the Jags can go on a little run, they're probably going to have to go 6-1. and one, But maybe 5-2, and two, they can get get that last spot and once you get in the playoffs you got Nick Foles who we'll talk about again later he has a little magic the defense will be stepped up and maybe they can have a little run but it's not all over it's getting bleak but their schedule is favorable they don't have any really tough teams left other than maybe the Colts and you know their quarterback just went out so it's it's still right there in front of them but they have to win does it make you excited amen yes Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so that's AFC South. And again, let's be positive. I think there's a chance here. And, you know, I mentioned Nick Foles, and he shows some magic. And yesterday, Nick Foles was appointed the starter, named the starter by Doug Marone. And that's going to mean that Minshew Mania is over for now. I don't think it's over for the long run. I think he does have a future with the team. And you know, they have a real good asset at backup quarterback that, you know, they can develop and hopefully he can become amazing. But it's Foles time and uh, hopefully he doesn't get injured on the 10th play. Mm. Yeah. Well, my heart breaks for Minshew. <laughs> yeah. Because I love the guy. And yeah. remember I asked you, Trevor, is this like that Tim Tebow phenomenon? And you said, no. Tim no. Tebow's gone. Yeah. This is, no. this is a, a better story. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we are going to miss him. Yeah. But what choice do you have? You know, if he was playing well in this last game and you know was consistent down the stretch, and say they went six and two instead of four and four, I think he'd obviously still be playing. But he's a rookie and he's a sixth round pick and he doesn't have experience. And here comes Nick Foles, who got hurt throwing a touchdown, 
Um, and then he's coming back. He's won Super Bowl MVP. He's gone on two consecutive runs in the playoffs to bring his team into the playoffs. And then, you know, he won it one year and then he almost got his team to the AFC Championship the next if, if his receivers could catch the ball. So he has the experience. He's shown he thrives in these pressure situations. You know, maybe it's perfect for the Jags and, you know, this is why you signed him. So hopefully it all works out. You probably don't know much about Nick Foles, do you? No, I don't. No. No, I don't. Well, he's a very religious guy. He doesn't have the mustache. He doesn't have the charisma. He looks like a nerd. You'd think he's like your computer scientist or something. <laughs> but he has games, so they paid him $88 million. Hopefully he's ready. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Wow. So he might not have that whole underdog story, but he's a likable guy. He's all about faith, family man, so he's still an easy guy to jump on board with. You'll get to know him. Maybe you'll have to Google him. Do you think that, I'm going to say, the supporting cast, the other players, Mm -hmm. are going to feel a little more confident and comfortable when Foles is is back in as QB? Well, it's hard to say because he didn't really get to play with them much, Um, so there's less familiarity, mm -hmm. but I think they also do know that he probably understands the game a little bit better. He can probably see things faster. He's not going to have the wow plays like Minshew did where he's running around and making people miss. But he'll probably be able to make better decisions, you know, even before the ball snapped and make the right plays. So I think the team's confident in him. They should be. He's he's a Super Bowl MVP. He's no other guy on the team's done that. So, yeah. One thing I want to say about Minshew mm-hmm. is... Aside from the charisma yeah. and the personality, I've got to say, he exceeded expectations. Oh, for sure. Not? Okay. When the Jags came into the season, they didn't even know if Minshew would be his back, their backup. He, played, he wasn't good in the preseason. When Foles went out, people thought the season was over. And Minshew held them to 4-4. Four and four. That's about as good as you could ask. And he was a two-point conversion away from, you know, being five and three, uh, he was a better run defense away from being six and two. Like there were opportunities that you know he really could have been five and three or six and two. It just didn't work out. He had some mistakes himself, but yeah, he was incredible. Yeah. Let us not forget that, fans. No, we will not forget him, and I think we'll see him in a couple of years back as a starter. Good, and people will be pumped for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's finish the podcast with our classic segment, What Would Blake Do? And we're going to put a different spin on it since, Mom, you're here today. Instead of what would Blake do, let's ask the question, what would Blake's mom do? And we're going to talk about The Good Place because you love the show. And there's great Jaguars and Blake Bortles references in the show. (laughs) So what do you think Blake's mom would do when she watches an episode of The Good Place and hears her son being slandered, sort of? Yeah, he's mentioned so frequently, not yeah. every episode, but regularly. Yeah. And she should be very proud. <laughs> and well, what would I do, Trev? I would be calling you to say, hey, are you getting royalties for this? Every time your name is mentioned, yeah. you get like a cameo royalty mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's, mm. that's, what, that's what she's it. probably doing. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Not that he needs the royalties. He's making, what, like $20 million this year to be a backup in L.A., but still, every penny counts, right? You learn something. I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. Well, 
Well, that's going to end the podcast. Any parting shots for, for you? Mm, no? No, thank you. Thanks for coming in. You know, it's tough to replace Nicole, but you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole is irreplaceable. That's true. That's true. Well, next week's a bye week. We'll still have a podcast. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll make it exciting. But thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.